we're bound by standards of scientific integrity. You know, we would never presume the validity or endorse any reports based on scanty or questionable evidence. So I don't want to rule out completely, ever, as a scientist. Hey everybody, this is Eric and Mason, and you're listening to Hidden Seekers. This week, we're going to talk about a Bigfoot sighting in the D.C. area and talk to an expert on the subject and see if there's any truth to this story. I guess when we first started the project, we were thinking about who we might be looking for, and you know, Bigfoot is pretty high up on the list. Yeah, I was pretty excited to see an article that was somewhat current and relevant to what we were doing, especially Bigfoot, because a lot of the big, high-profile Bigfoot sightings are out on the West Coast. And there's also sort of a, an, it's sort of an American tradition to hunt for Bigfoot in a way. So yeah, definitely. So the article we found was in the Washington City paper, um, and the headline is. Alleged Sasquatch sighting in Laurel, Maryland. And this came out June 9th, 2016. Yeah, and it's a photo, or there's two photos, of a humanoid-looking figure, definitely black and hairy, but it's kind of blurry. Could also be a trash bag. (laughs) Yeah, down in a riverbed. I think the story is that the person taking the photo, who didn't go by their real name... Yeah, he... he, His... His... His alias was Jeremy. Um, was driving along and saw Bigfoot from the road, pulled over, got out of the car and snapped those two photos. Yeah, so here, here's the quote from Jeremy in the paper. I, I saw what I thought was a bear, and so I pulled over to take some pictures. Bears usually walk on all four feet. I know they can walk on two, but he was wading through the water in two feet, which I thought was strange. Yeah, so he snapped those two photos, and that's what we've got. And what are the what are the comments section like in the in this article? This one, this guy says it looks like a roll of contractor bags got swept into the creek and all that rain. <laughs> but we do see two two um, bears that walk on two feet, right? There was Petals, that bear that was viral in New Jersey for a while there. Yeah. That would walk around on two feet. Dave Thundercloud says, looks real. Check out Sasquatch Chronicles on YouTube. Very addictive talk show. <laughs> so we have a little bit of opinion on both sides of the aisle going. Bigfoot in MD. Next you will be telling me that Donald Trump will be president of the USA someday. Oh man, what's the date? What's the date on this again? That that comment came in on May twelfth, twenty seventeen, but the this article was published uh, June 9th, two thousand sixteen. So the, oh. the, the so reason we <laughs> the reason we found this is because there's not a lot of sightings in DC. Right. This is the biggest and best best one we could find. And that's probably why it got published on City Paper. Yeah, we read the article, and you know the the images are okay, uh, but. I figured we're here, and we know th- we know where it was sighted um, in this uh, you know park up in Laurel, Let's which is like a hour north of DC, right? Yeah, we figured yeah. Well, let's give those guys a call. So we got in touch with uh, Sandy Spencer, who who works up there and is sort of an expert on wildlife. We ha- we had a little conversation with her, and she awesome. had some pretty interesting uh, insight on this situation. Yeah, not just on Bigfoot, but some interesting commentary on some of the other wildlife in the area, too. So let's listen to that now. Yep. My name is Sandy Spencer, and I'm, my title is Supervisory Wildlife Biologist. 
and that's for the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service's um, Patuxent Research Refuge. Great. Um, can you briefly tell us what uh, what the refuge center is, like when it was established, and, and what do you guys do over there? Sure. Um, well, so we're, we are the Patuxent Research Refuge. We are a national wildlife refuge established in 1936 as part of U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service's National Wildlife Refuge System. And Fish and Wildlife Service is a bureau of the Department of Interior, just like the National Park Service is. The difference is um, refuges are for wildlife and parks are more for people. And uh, my role here is, um, since the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service owns the land, that comprises this refuge. My role is to support the wildlife and the habitats here through habitat management or biological surveys and, and other duties like that to help maintain the biological integrity of the refuge. Okay. As for me and my biology staff, we're not doing a, so much research as we do habitat management and biological surveys, but I am doing a research study on uh, eastern box turtles, since that's an important um, woodland species. And we're also doing a lot of bat surveys, acoustic surveys for bats. Oh, that's interesting. So like you said, acoustic surveys, so is that like a, a sonic thing? Like a... Sure. Um, the technology for this has really taken off in the last few years. Um, we set out these devices that can so-called listen to um, bat calls, and it filters out other non-bat calls. And then we take the devices back and download the information, and then we run it through um, some processing software that helps identify the species that we heard. And then uh, once we get that information, we may manually vet those recordings to make sure we agree with the software's analysis. And if it's a, a species that's, um, say, endangered or threatened or conservation concern, we may want to go out and do mist netting and physically capture the species just to make sure that really is, it really is there. Okay. Do you guys ever hear, uh, do you guys ever capture things that are like recordings of things that you can't identify what it is? The software would just say it's not bat or it's noise. Okay. So it just, it just either measures bats and then non-bats. Yeah, because cause it's, the software is listening um, for sounds that come in at really high um, uh, frequencies that the human ear can't hear. Okay. So it's not like you can... You can hear it yourself. You have to run it through this software, that, and it's just going to tell, say whether this is noise or non-bat or Katie did or like that. Okay. Um, so the the refuge center is it publicly accessible? Can people just visit it? Sure. Yeah, we have um, the south track and the north track. Each have uh, wildlife trails where um, walking, hiking. Biking is allowed, horseback riding, 
Yeah, so just go to our website and uh, you can see how to get to each of those locations and come on out. Okay. So uh, for visitors, what kind of wildlife would they could they expect to encounter? Yeah, well, most of the native wildlife species that are associated with um, eastern deciduous forests in the mid-Atlantic region of the U.S., um, and of course that would depend on the time of year and time of day, um, but you might see a variety of land birds, waterfowl, bald eagles, hawks, squirrels, deer, butterflies, native plants, turtles, raccoons, beaver, maybe even bats, mm-hmm. maybe maybe even an otter. Okay. Any other kind of b- even bigger mammals? Sure. Uh, deer would be the most likely large mammal that you would see. They're very plentiful here, too plentiful here. Right. I think that's a that's a problem all over our area, the, yeah. the, too much deer. But what about like um, any kind of big like, like more like wolves or or bears or anything like that or like bobcats. Okay, yeah, well, uh, bobcats. Yeah, you know I haven't. That's a good one. I'm sure there must be bobcats around, but we don't see or hear of them often. I mean, I've never seen or heard one. Most likely, you'd hear them at night. Um, bears, you know, definitely that's not out of the question that they might pass through here or eventually expand into the refuge because they're expanding everywhere. Um, And it's possible that the bears have actually passed through here, the refuge at one time or another. Uh, I just thought I don't have um, a record or a sighting that I'm aware of. And if they do pass through here, they would probably probably enter the refuge through uh, the Patuxent River or the Little Patuxent River corridors because they would be coming from the... West. Okay. You know, so they have to get under, you know, 95. They have to get under the, the parkway. Sure. So, so that would be more likely they'd pass along like the south, the south track then? Um, no, the north and central track. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to use my mental geography, which isn't the <laughs> my most powerful okay. skill. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So the north. Yeah, so the refuge lies east of the Baltimore-Washington Parkway. Right. And it's bounded on the north by Route 198, which goes to Fort Meade, and on the south by Bark or um, USDA lands. So. Okay. We also, but back to big wildlife, um, another uh, less common sighting are uh, coyotes. Coyotes, okay. And I've seen one myself. All right. That's interesting. Like, uh, was it in the evening or? No, it was a beautiful morning in May. Okay. And other um, people have seen them also, hunters. Do people ever, ever report like he- like hearing them? No. Um, or, I don't know. Do, do, coy- do coyotes howl or anything? They sure do, um, but most likely they'll start that when they are, um, you know, in a pack. Right. You know, communicating with each other. It's and the one you saw, and I guess other sightings have been more like just kind of loners. Just loners, uh-huh. yeah, and they're probably exploring, or and they're probably going to be 
they want to call less attention to themselves. Right. So I love it how you worked up from like um, butterflies to like larger animals and you kept trying to get her on the right page for Bigfoot. Yeah, I'm trying to, you know, figure out, is there anything like a Bigfoot? It, it doesn't really sound, I mean, she says that bears might have possibly once come through the park, but that there's never been a sighting. Right. And then well, that's a red that's a red flag. Although she said coyotes, I mean those are pretty big. Yeah, I guess a coyote, maybe like a wet coyote, could look like a a bigfoot or something. If it stayed on two legs, I don't know if I've ever seen that before. Yeah. And I guess so. You have a lot of bats and non bats, but I don't know. Beyond that. Not much, not very promising on the animal front. Not even a lot of animals that could be mistaken for a Bigfoot. But she doesn't sound, she doesn't sound like it's, it'd be impossible, but she keeps saying that no reported sightings, which doesn't strike me as very, uh, enthusiastic about the existence of, uh, anything bigger than a bat. Right, but I'm glad you asked her flat out in the next segment. Yeah, so let's let's continue. Uh, the interview gets juicier as I poke harder in terms of are there Bigfoots in the area? So I guess speaking as sort of an like a definitely an expert in the field, what is your opinion on some, on like the existence of some totally undiscovered animal species living in the area? Oh, um, very. Uh... Quite possible mm-hmm. for undiscovered um, insect species, you know, like mm-hmm. moths, beetles, native bees, for example, um, and there or there was uh, maybe previously unrecorded uh, spider species. A lot, so a lot of the very small things, right? It's hard to find, you know. It's certainly microbes or fungi or or plants, um, right? Totally within the realm of possibility. So, do do people ever send you pictures, or um, mm-hmm. I mean, how, how yeah. do you hear about these things? I'm sorry. I mean, oh, I was just wondering how how are they reported to you, or how do you hear about them? Oh, usually people um, uh, will call or email me and say, "Hey, I saw this," and they'll try to send a picture if they have one. Um, one person saw a. a unusual snake but he didn't get a picture and he tried to describe it and we never could figure it out but hmm. so it's picture is always better right you know and and also as we have climate change coming uh happening things are starting to change their ranges sure uh, so re- recently um green tree frog has expanded its range onto the refuge that's interesting yeah so it's so, th- so animals are kind of moving north. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, I don't really want to. Certain animals that live further south that I don't really want to see. I might have to <laughs> move north too. <laughs> right. Okay, so I guess here's the big question: um, Do you think there's any validity to like uh, a different, like these various Bigfoot sightings in your area, or or in well, any area? Yeah. So, I guess. As a, I want to give you my official opinion and my real, honest to God, um, 
personal opinion then. So as a biologist for the National Wildlife Refuge, mm-hmm. for the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, you know, we're, we're bound by standards of scientific integrity. You know, we would never presume the validity or endorse any reports based on scanty or questionable evidence. And so I don't want to rule out completely ever, as a scientist, you don't want to do that. But, you know, this news article and the link that you sent me, it had some issues in it that made it doubtful to me. And, for example, the, the witness claims that they saw the creature from Brockbridge Road as they were driving. But, you know, Brockridge Road lies on the west side of the parkway. Okay. And the refuge lies on the east side of the parkway. It's impossible for them to have seen this creature while they're driving on the refuge. They would have had to park their car, go under the parkway or over the parkway, and walk a long distance to try to reach refuge property. Yeah, you wouldn't even be able to see a deer that way. It would be, it's really hard to see a deer that way. Yeah. You know, and then secondly, you know, in the photo, there's really large rocks and boulders in the stream. Mm-hmm. The refuge doesn't have rock-strewn streams. Huh. Well, mostly in the coastal plain. And so the stream in the photo looks more like a Piedmont region. So this photo is probably not even of your of the area. No, I, I don't think it is. <laughs> and then the, and then the, thirdly, like the, I can't say that the photo wasn't tampered. Someone dressed up in a costume. Sure. You know, so you know, this is all good for entertainment, and that's right. fine. And that's fine. You know, I think that's wonderful. But I just wish a lot of this energy could be redirected towards interest in and protection of our native wildlife. You have actual animals. Yeah. Yeah. And saving habitat. We all need entertainment, but let's just uh, keep everything in its place. Yeah. For what it is. Um, Let me ask you one other question on this. Um, Do you think uh, our area is, is like less likely to have, you know, speak like weird, undiscovered big mammal species versus like somewhere more remote? Um, yes, because there are so many, such a high population here of people Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of scientists, a lot of naturalists, a lot of people looking I think it would be harder for species to go undiscovered here as opposed to, say, out west or midwest where the population is sparser, land is so vast. Um, you know, and we have a very, but we have a very rich climate here. It's, it's kind of hard. That's a really difficult question to answer. Certainly, again, like I said before, for the really small species, a specialist species, they're very, very small. There's a higher potential for them to go undiscovered anywhere. But here in the east where we have uh, more and more development, more habitat destruction, and smaller and smaller parcels for wildlife to um, thrive on, and then we have um, high densities of human population, it's probably harder for things to go unnoticed. Sure, it's it's Putting less space and more people, right? Right. And then but then there's lots of species, 
small species, insect species particularly, or plants that could be rare and go unnoticed. They're under because people don't know the difference. They just say, "Oh, that's a beetle." Right. Hmm. Oh, that's a bug. You know, and they move on. But they might not realize they're looking at something rare or about to go extinct. You know, like the rusty patch bumblebee, for example. Well, um, I think that's all the questions I have. Okay. So thanks a lot for talking to me, and um, you know, I'd love to come up there and visit sometime. So please, please do. It's a pleasure. And yeah. Thanks. Thanks, thanks again so much. Thanks you, and um, yeah, I really appreciate Glad, it. <laughs> Glad for a chance to get some uh, just a science-based answer. <laughs> yeah. That's that's kind of what we're we were hoping for, and you I, you had a really good answer for us. So thanks so much. Well, you're very welcome. Have a good day. Bye. I think her comment on the photo itself is um, pretty damning, if it's accurate. I mean, of course, of course, it's got to be accurate. I mean, she works there, right? So yeah, I don't think anyone know. knows the area better than her. And I would say, like, on the article itself, there's like um, comments, and one of the persons, one of the people, actually says. Something similar about how you'd have to be out of your car and walk over in order to see anything because the road is so steep. So she's not the only one to have that observation. Right. And then as far as it being a stream in a different area, well, then clearly it's not even that area. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear cut that there are no Bigfoot in this area. Uh, I thought she had some interesting answers in terms of like, does she, does she think it's possible that Bigfoot exists anywhere? Right. But also, it's well, kind, it's kind of like a. Also, oh, go on. It's kind of you know just the uh, the the pure scientist answer of like, do we really know anything? <laughs> right. And she also started bouncing back to uh, smaller finds, or quote-unquote smaller finds, like uh, insects or plants. Yeah. You know, those things are probably more likely to be found. (laughs) But, yeah, she pretty much had no further comments on Bigfoot. (laughs) Which is, I think, fair, you know. Right, right, right. So we're going to need to to look elsewhere, I guess. Yeah, so that was pretty that was a pretty open and shut case for the um reserve and those photos. So we decided not to even go out there. Yeah, we we just yeah. It wasn't worth it. I think I I was happy with Sandy's answer. I think I trust the expert in this one. But there was a convention, um, a Bigfoot convention, going on a few months later in southwestern Virginia, which um, is home to a lot of Bigfoot sightings. If you go on that Bigfoot sightings archive website, there's plenty of sightings in the nearby area. Yeah, so we figured we'd uh, we'd pack up a car and go down and hear straight from the uh, eyewitnesses themselves. Mm -hmm.